Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Yeah, I'm Flint Dilly, and you're listening to uh, Knowing is Half the Podcast. I mean, it's really Knowing is Half the Battle, and I, I don't know why they put this pod. We didn't have podcasts in the 80s. I, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing with that. But anyway, they, that's what you're listening to. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe. Everybody and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast experience extravaganza spectacular event. That's pretty good. It is legitimately an event this time. It is an event this time. I am Ray Stacanus. I'm Robert Chan. And Gina Polito will be with us in just a moment. But in her stead, in her place, we have a special guest this week. Uh, the one, the only uh, Flint Dillies here once again. Yeah, yeah, they can't get rid of me. You know, once I <laughs> learn my way to to a location, I just keep coming back. Yeah, we, we didn't even book him. He was just waiting outside when we got here today and said, I heard you guys were talking about skeletons in the closet. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was out there, you know, just kind of, you know, just waiting around all afternoon. I didn't want to miss skeletons in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we took you at your word when you were here last time talking about Oda Cobra, and you said, when you guys do skeletons in the closet... I 100% want to be a part of that episode, and, and, and gosh darn it, here you are again. And here we are, and <laughs> uh, and never until I rewatched it did I realize that it really Skeletons of Closet and Oda Cobra and Games Master are almost this weird trilogy I did. They're, yeah. you know, they're thematically very similar. <laughs> it's your Apocalypse trilogy? like Yeah, uh, it, uh, it's, my, it's my uh, Cobra Bond Romance Trilogy, I guess yeah. you would call it. Uh, this was actually referred to in, on a third-party uh, uh, source that I was reading, and they refer to these three as, like, the romantic trilogy. Right. Is that – because these are the ones that involve, like, the closest relationships between the characters. Well, I mean, you know exactly what a locker room the uh, Sunbow writing you know room had to be for me to be writing the romantic stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, highly unlikely. But I did like – you know, I mean – Steve Gerber and I saw that show as being, uh, you know, just a like James Bond with a lot of characters, and we wanted to get the babes in there, and you know, wearing something other than khaki, and <laughs> absolutely and we felt that it sort of changed up the tone of the show. Yeah. Well, when uh, um, when Lady J starts walking around in an ID, I'm like, God damn it! And then she's like a damsel in distress. I'm like, I don't want Flint saving shit. I want Lady J doing it. And then the Baroness at the end made this possibly my favorite episode ever when she just reveals like yeah that was all me yeah. i just did it 
just to fuck with you. Well, I mean, she's like pissed off because he finds her in the you know uh, Destro in the bushes with some yep. you know cobra. Yeah. Well, yeah. before we leap deep into the episode, I mean, we got it. There's another topic, Flint, and you right. know it's yeah, coming. Yeah, I know it's. Coming. We got to talk about it, and so uh, while we're waiting on uh, 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 Gina to join us midstream, I want to give her a chance to give all her thoughts. But she has more thoughts about this possibly than you. That's probably true. But uh, we're going to start talking about it anyway. Uh, uh, Flint, your team is the creative team behind Pokemon Go. Correct. The most popular, like, holy shit game going on in the world right now. Yes. I, I, you know, it's really huge. I, you know, I'm creatively at, at Niantic Labs. And, you know, we started out, our first game was Ingress. And we nobody done a geo-mobile game quite like that. We actually walk around in the world and have to find portals and... You know, it's this massive global game of capture the flag. And so after that, we, we you know, decided, and you know, it, Ingress just blew up in Japan. Sure. And, uh, and, you know, somehow, and I, you know, I'm not the business affairs guy, but I think it was probably John Hankey talked to Nintendo and they said, hey, you ought to do Pokemon because you can go out and mm-hmm. catch Pokemon <laughs> in the real world. Brilliant. And when you think about <laughs> yeah. it, it's absolutely brilliant, perfect use of a license. Yeah. Yeah. As as soon as uh, Pokemon got out of uh, uh, Game Boy, I think everybody was like, when are we going to get to do the thing where we walk around and catch them in the real world? Right. So this was and and it, is, it is here now because you, you're supposed to catch Pokemon. <laughs> and so it's a perfect use for, for you know, real world or geomobile or whatever term you want to use. Yeah, for our gaming, and it's it's great for us. I mean, you know, I think we all knew it was going to be a success. We know Pokemon's huge and all that, but we were not prepared for what happened. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I don't know anybody that's not playing. You know, o- overnight taking been, over the world, it is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think part of it is obviously, and and I, you know, had nothing to do. I'm not an engineer, so you know, obvi- I'm not talking about myself. Obviously, the Niantic team was absolutely brilliant the way they did it. You know, and Nintendo guided us in in all the right ways. Yeah, obviously, it's just one of these things that worked. And I think culturally, we're in a time when there's just it's such a sour period. Yes, that the entire country wants to just go out and catch Pokemon. <laughs> they're literally, <laughs> yeah, true. yeah. We're talking about how you know, um, you know, like there's uh, uh, um, cops shooting uh, unarmed black people, and everyone's you know, like there are protests, and people are you know, like everything looks like ready to boil. And then there's a story like comes along of like a, a dude who uh, a black dude who walks into a park, and a cop comes up, is like, "What are you doing, man?" I was like, "I'm just collecting Pokemon." It's like, oh, what's that? And then the cop starts playing Pokemon. He's like, holy you know, crap. <laughs> what is going to happen? Okay, so let's just take this a whole direction. And yes. I hope, I hope I'm not embarrassing my company because uh, you know I mean this in the best possible way. But what happens if millions of people just start seeing each other in parks and downloaded mm-hmm. Pokemon and mm-hmm. Pokemon and they you know start catching, they're getting eggs and they're out there bouncing balls and Pokeballs and <laughs> and and the world just has fun for a little while. <laughs> yeah, because this is such a crappy period. <laughs> it's really the world is. just it's mm-hmm. kind of like after the Kennedy was assassinated and the Beatles showed up a few months later. It's like we just need something to lighten it up. <laughs> we all want something to like and to bring us together. Yeah, and and when have we had it? Now it's happening in the real world because yeah, you know, it's kind of like between the internet and and nine eleven and bad economy. The world just went inside and hid behind screens or just you know put themselves in screens. Now all these people are out in the world. I was at a park today. 
And there were like ten guys playing Pokemon, yeah. you know, in a in a park in Brentwood. Well, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Chan and I was over just here there to play tennis. He got a group of people, what six people together last night, and they just yeah. roamed the neighborhood playing Pokemon, looking for Pokestops. We just went down to Laurel Canyon and Ventura. There, there's a bunch of uh, stops. There's a like that park walkway thing, right? Is uh, there, yeah. There's that uh, that bank on the corner is probably yeah. a portal. Yeah. Yeah. There's two. There's two there's two things, uh, uh, like on the front and the back, and you know, you just look and like, holy shit! I never noticed that there was a big old stained glass window in that bank. That is the magic of of geo uh, geo mobile gaming, of real world gaming. Is you actually see the world around you, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like we hadn't looked at it for a decade and a half, and it's just kind of cool <laughs> to be back. And people are going outside. It's thrilling, but there's something. When something goes this huge, there's something deeper going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a game. And, that, and that's not to in any way belittle the great work the team did. Or that's not what I'm saying. But this it is was the right thing at the right, the right time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine. I have never seen something that just appeared from nothing, and immediately everybody knew what it was. Everybody's talking about it. All the memes just are immediate. I mean, there's the one of the the, the doctor in the birthing center that just says, "Hey, guess where I found a wild squirtle?" <laughs> <laughs> and because I'm five years old, I found that hilarious. Um, and it's just everywhere. The news stories start coming out about it. Like it's 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 a real. Goddamn yes, covered in the real media. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Or like, a, like when you s- open the paper and uh, it says that Nintendo's value went up by seven point five billion dollars because of this one game. Yeah. That's yeah. An, a, an insane number. That means they for didn't any, pay enough for it. Think obviously. about it. We haven't released in <laughs> Asia or Europe yet. Oh, geez. Yes. Imagine what's going to happen. I, oh, and we might God. have by now. I, I don't know the release schedules. They're not, not account on me for any inside information. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, this is obviously it's really thrilling for our team. And it makes it easier to talk about work I did 30 years ago <laughs> because I'm actually doing something now. You, know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't feel quite like, oh, hey, you know, in the 80s, we did a GI Joe. Those were the biggest days of my life. You know, never, never did anything so, that. It's not like that. We can't. We don't have to ask you, like, so how's it been? Just downhill ever since? Just, yeah. like, just languishing? <laughs> Jesus Christ, what have you done with your life, man? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, you know, completely just sort of sitting around doing nothing. Yeah, but this is a good week. I, uh, actually, I'll say. I, I, I am a little bit curious, like, as the head of creative, what uh, what – what sort of was your well, bailiwick? It's an engineering title. I mean, it's engineering lead, you know, and uh, it's. I mean, sorry, creative lead. Um, yeah, because they don't they don't like have movies. They're not a producer or anything. It's you know, different <laughs> different business. But um, well, I mean, with Pokemon, you know, that's the Pokemon company, and they right. do it. What I was there very early and worked a lot on just starting out. I met with John Hankey. We had a meeting down at Trader Vic's, arranged by a mutual friend of ours, Megan. And and we just he just laid out this idea for yeah there's games you walk around the world with the, and he had like a story premise for Ingress mm-hmm. and I looked at this and thought this is the coolest thing I've ever done because I you know we wanted it to be to have an alternate reality game I mean Ingress has the most complex you know story that the story itself is a game. Yeah, and because a piece drops every day, and some of it, you know, answers questions <laughs> from before, and some of it sets up questions for later, and the story keeps advancing, and they happen in quarters, and then the players determine where the story goes, like a pick a path, depending on which team wins the anomalies, and anomalies are these giant events we have, and we had an anomaly in uh, where like Sydney, where you, there's so many people that just blocked out the Sydney <laughs> Opera Building. You know, think about it. You oh just say goodness. we're having an anomaly in, in, in 
you know, the other side of the world and we, you know, a character showed up named the Acolyte. An amazing number of people's come, people come. We're having an event in Tokyo and take a look at it this weekend. Okay. Uh, you know, take a look at what shows up. And and the same day as the Sydney, the Sydney event, we had one in San Diego. And I'm trying to remember what the other one. Usually we do one in Asia, one in, in Europe, and one in the United States. Well, that makes sense. <clears throat> but it might be North or South America. And then we have a bunch of secondaries in other cities. And thousands of people come out and and compete for their side, so crazy, and have a great time, and mm-hmm. and that's what told us. It was the one thing that told us the social on Pokemon was going to be something incredible. Yeah, and you're already seeing it. It's just it's just so happy and good natured. That's, that's what I'm. You know, how how does it get better than that? I, I've never seen somebody angry playing Pokemon Go. No. <laughs> We, basically, as we're There's walking down, there's not a bunch st- of poke rage going on. Right? <laughs> uh, we're walking down the street. We can tell, you know, p- there are people walking around. Hey, this is Los Angeles. Nobody walks anywhere. No. So the fact that they're walking, like, there's an eighty percent chance of playing Pokemon. If they have a phone in their hand, it's one hundred percent. And almost everybody we ran across. And when you get really good at discerning, you can always tell the difference between someone playing a game and somebody texting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're if you've seen as many Ingress players as I have, it, it's a different look. <laughs> I, I can't tell you what it is, but it's just different. <laughs> well, I, in, uh, I was working at my store yesterday, and then all of a sudden, uh, one person just said, "Oh shit, there's a wild meowth here." And I've never seen like seven, eight grown adults just ah, grab their phone and yank it out and try to be the ones to catch it because they don't know how many there's going to be. Right, right. No, it's so. it's incredible. I mean, and you know, like certain creatures show up in certain kinds of places. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's that's also kind of fun. At the uh, I was at the uh, the doctor's office with my wife uh, yesterday morning, and a Jigglypuff appeared right there in the waiting room. And then I looked, and there was a pokey stop right behind me. It was a mural I'd walked by a million times of a, a, a mosaic of a UFO abducting right. somebody. I had no clue it was even there. It was actually partially obscured by like a tree. And then I was like, where the F is? Oh, my God. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that, that's the whole and that's magic the game. Of, of real world gaming. Yes. Is there so much out in the real world that you've walked by every day and you've never even seen it? And this makes you stop. And, and, and wow, there's a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, well, cool. Well, uh, any other words of wisdom on Pokemon Go? No, I mean, just go out and have fun. You know, go out and do this it. Is, this is really something. Yeah, and drop bait. Yeah, drop bait. <laughs> drop bait. Yeah. Incense. Incense works. Uh, now, uh, one last question about, and then I'll let, we'll get the skeletons in the closet. I have one last question. This is, what do we got to do for you to make this studio... <laughs> Like a a, a Pokestop. <laughs> we will figure out, yeah. What we'll, can we do? Okay, the problem is, is it's unlikely to be a Pokestop on private property, okay? That's that's fair. Yeah, we, you know, we tend to want fair. it to be public property. We you know, places people can be 24 hours a day. Please don't you make know. people come into Al, my house, Al, right? I'm know. trying, Chan. <laughs> Safe places, alley behind dubious building. We try. Yeah, to yeah, nice. <laughs> okay, at least yeah. a spawning point for Jigglypuff because these guys. Really that was my that was my plan B because these guys need a Jigglypuff super bad. And <laughs> all right, uh, there we go. They I... want they want that at least. <laughs> you know, at least put them with the microphone so that way we got like a thing. I don't know. Yeah, okay. I'll, well, well, I'll, I'll see what I can do here. Yeah. <laughs> we may have to invent one for you. Uh, Ch- Chan, uh, two days from now, when Jigglypuffs just start appearing like in droves in this apartment, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to rename this place the Hitmon Chanchin. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Well, guys, Skeletons in the Closet 
is the episode we're talking about right here. And it, it just opens in action. That's absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. the, the whole episode opens up with Destro and the Baroness running down the beach and explosions happening all around them. And then Lady Cobra. We haven't seen Lady Cobra since Oda Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> what a yeah. coincidence, Flint. She just happens to be there. Oh, and I need some help. <laughs> and, yeah. And what we were talking about this. So, yeah, the. The Oda Cobra, oddly enough, three episodes I wrote are kind of the romantic trilogy. Yeah, and and I, yeah, I don't know why that was, other than uh, you know I'm a single guy. Everybody I know, with actually some exceptions on the team, are single people. They're all have it, and and also we we thought Steve Gerber and I really more than anybody thought of of, of GI Joe as being James Bond with a lot of characters. So mm. we just felt like, hey, let's start setting it on you know, luxury lots and, and old castles. And at that exact moment, I'm working on Dungeons & Dragons and doing stuff with Gary Gygax and was reading Lovecraft. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah, let's have you know, something bubbling up in an old Scottish <laughs> castle. Oh, that's a beholder down there. That's yeah. what that I, is. And I realized watching that episode is it's everything I like. <laughs> it was it – was, and probably was written inside two days because usually when I actually – because I was story editor right? in – and maybe by the time that was written, I was already on Transformers, and they were just desperate for a script. Like some script fell out or something, and they said, hey, we need something in two days. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, you notice what's funny about that show is it's all one very linear thought. It's not the kind of thing that you write when you've been you know, noodling over something and pounding away and all that. It just, it just keeps going. Mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of one complete thought. Well, this is a uh, this is th that character, the beholder, that happens at the end. This is not the first time we see this character. Last time we see this character, I should say, it is definitely the first time because we would have remembered, <laughs> unless we count the uh, the uh, uh, the octopus robots. We do not from Pyramid of Darkness. Do we Those count that? Robots. Well, let's be totally honest. Uh, that, and I'm not sure when I wrote it, but it was probably throat clearing for inhumanoids. <laughs> yes, think about it. Absolutely. <laughs> There's monsters. They exist in wells. Oh, all and they need giant is spiders. A little bit of radiation. <laughs> they crawl up from nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Well, uh, uh, so uh, Destro and the Baroness uh, have their moment with the uh, Cobret, as I've been calling. Yeah, them. that sets it up. Baroness is clearly honked off, and mm -hmm. you know Destro's got a zipper problem, and you know they're going to have to deal with it. She's pissed and rightfully so yeah. because De the, the 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 girl is throwing herself at Destro. Oh, Destro! And the guy's a sleaze monkey to begin with, yeah, as we see later on. See, I always considered him very noble and the kind of guy who would never step out on the Baroness. And you have shown me the error of my ways. Oh, he's trash back. <laughs> you got no. You got I, and what I'd money. forgotten is that that show was a, almost an origin story for Death Destro. One hundred percent, it's an origin story and for Destro. In, in nineteen eighty-five, people weren't doing origin stories for cartoon <laughs> characters. Yeah, they you'd, you'd know, you know, you know, Barfun comes from you know Schnog and was born in the fiery cauldron, and that's all you knew. Yeah, mm -hmm. but you, you never explained why the guy with the mask had a mask on. It's, that was. Really, that wasn't me. That was the influence of the comic guys coming in because comics really thought in terms of continuity and backstory. Yeah. And they thought it, it was such a fascinating era that way in that you had comic book guys. I was the only really kind of game person there. Um, but Gerber was a, both a comic and a animation guy. Buzz was pretty much an animation guy. But – he knew all things weird. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you've had Buzz in here. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's a treat. <laughs> He's like the most knowledgeable person in the world about esoteria that I've ever met. I mean, if, 
if anybody out there is just interested in reading a good blog, go to Buzz Dixon's oh. blog. Oh, I absolutely. Can't what he's oh, I'm on it all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I mean, he just writes about – he's like some kind of like, you know – you know, scholar of the unusual or something. And it's always interesting, and his insights are always dead on. Yeah, well, this is one thing that actually I thought about while watching this episode, was how much the comic book influence had on it, only because so many cartoons at the time were just like, we do this thing, it's like a sitcom, nothing changes, you don't learn anything, it's just we started here, we go through a, a, an arc, and we end in the exact same place we started. Right. That's That was the old model. The old yep. model is you had to have the tag, which they called the laugh out, Yep. And whatever happened, the whole cast would be sitting there lined up and, mm -hmm. oh, Flipper fell over. <laughs> and that was the end of a cartoon show, and we just didn't want to do that. But even, you know, and we were trying to break as many conventions as we could. Yep. And almost anybody on the team was better, more fundamentally trained than I was in real animation. Um, and so I, I was helpful in the sense that I didn't know all these conventions, so naturally didn't do them. And they were just gleefully trying not to do all the things that oh, they nice. used to make them do. Well, yeah, I do know. Like uh, because there there are a couple of those uh, uh, laugh outs uh, that we've run across. <laughs> oh and, yeah, and shrug shoulders point them out because they they actually don't happen very often. When they do, they're kind of glaring because they're just. Well, we try. I mean, I remember. I think it was Games Master where where Jay said, "Okay, let's let's do an episode where we don't blow up the headquarters at the end." <laughs> it's so hard to you have a, a fixed idea and a pattern. It's so hard to break in and break out of it that you've almost got to make a rule of okay, we're not going to have any laugh outs. Mm -hmm. We're not blowing up the headquarters at the end. We've done that about two hundred times, mm -hmm. and. At some point, we decided we wanted the thing to be all over the world, and we didn't want it to be a military show, which could have gone to it could be. very easily be a military yeah. show. Yeah. I feel well, – you, you watched Resolute, didn't you? Because it uh, sounds like, I'm halfway through Resolute. It sounds like the, the, the newer iterations are doing that. They're like – very specifically being like yes do uh, i watch the black ops there's five basically five uh you G. joe resolute are you familiar with this no about? i don't know anything about it, it was a 2009 adult swim written by warren ellis right uh transmetropolitan for the people at home and that's a very famous comic right Sure. Much. And it was five 11 minute episodes for adult swim so it's basically one week's worth of 15 minute blocks right and it's I got through the first two episodes and then I went to bed uh, the other night. But it's the darkest thing. <laughs> They're killing characters and right and totally, left. I think it was Mike Costa did a, did a run of, of the comics where they were treating these guys almost like they were real and what would, and that's a totally yeah. valid way to interpret yep. the property. The great mm -hmm. thing about these properties is think of it as being graphic equalizer. And, hey, mm -hmm. let's turn up grim. Let's turn down cartoony. Let's turn down the colors. Mm -hmm. And and you still you – know, this is a very fashionable thing to do nowadays. I mean, how many versions of Sherlock Holmes are there on television in every – you know, there are as present-day Sherlock Holmes in England. There's present-day Sherlock Holmes in New York. There's mm -hmm. The Mentalist, which is, you know, Sherlock Holmes with a mustache on. It's not on anymore. But mm -hmm. there are a bunch of those, you know, weird guy solves well, crimes House with Buddy. Sherlock House is Sherlock Holmes. House is Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. Because Arthur Conan Doyle is a doctor. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was kind get of returning to the original thing. Holmes, House, get it? 
Oh no! Uh, oh house wow! Is not a homes. Yeah, but uh, that's the that's the yeah. That's no, the, I just made it. It's the yeah, gag yeah, chant. Made it, pun. Oh, <laughs> it's French for pun. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. There was just one of those things. So when we had an episode like Worlds Without End, for example, when the three guys get left behind in the alternate dimension where they're dead. And then they have the thing where it's just like, I don't know what's going to happen next or whatever the outline was. And then it's just like pans to the moon and we're out. We just sort of look at each other like, uh, that's not the convention we're used to. Yeah, no, that's not it. That's not comfortable. And I like it. But it's great that there's that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a part of me that would love to do G.I. Joe if it was real. Yes. Real, real. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, you know, kind of grim, you know, action movie real, which is different than than, uh, kind of cartoon real. Right. Which, by definition, isn't a genre. There was the newer series of comic books for G.I. Joe that came out, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago or whatever. I was talking about the Mike Costa. Yeah. I don't don't know the exact name, but I remember it was like, it was cartoony, but tied tethered to reality mm-hmm. and they then they they like justified all the choices which led you to being cartoony but they did it in a kind of a real world yeah. way of being and i really really liked that a lot because it was like a, a nice thing between the two worlds of crazy and and and, well, and tethered any take somebody does that they make their own i mean frank said a fascinating thing to me about batman he said yeah there are a hundred ways to do it and they all work <laughs> but you do have to pick a pure way of doing it yes mm-hmm. yeah I mean, as long as you've got a point of view and, and you're coming from a certain place, if, it's, if the idea is solid enough, it doesn't matter exactly how else you do it. That's fantastic. Look at that. That's good. That's a good nugget right yeah. there. I'm excited. <laughs> um, well, okay. So getting back to the episode, uh, the girl kisses. Uh, do we have the thing that she says really quick, Chan? I'm just uh, uh, bingo. No, I shouldn't. <laughs> oh, it's. Thank you, Destro. I'd be finished without you. How can I ever repay yeah. <laughs> okay, so you got some hot tramp on an island and Baroness isn't liking it. Mm-hmm. Immediately, as soon as I see the Lady Cobra running, I'm just like, it's like your brain just switches. It's like, what's this now? This yeah. is not the normal way of being. And so Baroness is pissed. And I think rightfully so. Like I say, apparently I put a lot more dignity with, with uh, Destro than anybody else did because <laughs> yeah. this was shocking to and me. And if you were some single guy in the mid-'80s and you pissed off someone like the Baroness, you knew exactly what was going to happen. So <laughs> oh, yes. I decided we'd put that in the show. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, then the immediate next scene. So Baroness is pissed at Destro. He's stepping out. The very next scene is Destro selling crap to I, I had forgotten that. What what that was about was a friend of mine had gone to an arms convention and had sent me a bunch of... of is that uh, a thing? Oh, yes. They have real <laughs> arms conventions and they sell them like any other trade show. Oh, yeah. And, and people, the fastest gun in the West. <laughs> <laughs> Those really happen in the real world. Wow. And he sent me all these brochures and it was really weird to see... Uh, you know, uh, Armor removal system used like a sold like a car, mm-hmm. and so I was looking at that. But I say it's Cobra; they're selling you know, a bunch of crap equipment. Uh, <laughs> and you look at the pile of dictators, and it could be today. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean it's the same collection of scumbags and all that. I mean, except in 1985, the idea of villains that wore masks and went around and did horrendous things was fiction. Now we have ISIS, yeah. <laughs> and now it's yeah. real. And now it's real. <laughs> you know, I, it just occurred. I would to me like that. to believe we had nothing to do with the uh, realization of that. <laughs> the, the first time I remembered diplomatic immunity was from uh, Lethal, Lethal Weapon, Weapon Two. Two. Yeah. yeah, and this was before that, wasn't it? Yes, I believe it was. I, I, I would not. I would not put money on it, but I believe it was because Lethal Weapon One, it seems to me, came out in exactly this period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And, and, and well, I mean, you know, diplomatic immunity was always, you know, infuriating. And I think there was some kind of an actual incident in the real world. I mean, what What's interesting to watch about this is how reflective of its own time it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there was no adult supervision. And that was, you know, Transformers <laughs> later on. I got in trouble with Casey Kasem because – you know, we had a country called Carbamia, which was obviously Libya. Right. Yep. And a guy named Abdul, who was obviously Muammar Gaddafi. And mm. you know, Casey Kasem thought that was, you know, bigoted. Um, so a lot, of, you know, that was like something that was sort of actually in the periphery of my life. And I love the idea that Sober Cobra just sell this crap. And, uh, well, that's uh, yeah, crazy and to me because. He's out there hustling it. It's falling apart. Yeah, the thing space. is falling apart yeah. literally right behind that him. That Muppet like, movie, uh, 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 a scene where uh, he's trying to sell the car to him and like the bumper falls off. And Yeah, and that was us also sort of playing with the convention that all the equipment worked and it was all good and you never had problems with planes unless they got shot and all that. I love the idea that Cobra <laughs> Arms dealers are just selling crap. You know? And there's a through line though that happens because every time a G.I. Joe is forced to like get in a Cobra vehicle or pick up a Cobra weapon, there's always a comment of this Cobra piece of junk. Yeah. Like every single time that I notice. So all of a sudden he's trying to sell his stuff and yeah, literally it's falling apart yeah. at the seams. Um, but it, the diplomatic immunity, yeah. That's the other thing to just to mention is I don't, you know, remember where that fits in the in the in the, uh, um, in the world. Uh, I'm, what am I even trying to say right now? I have no idea. I don't know. But basically, the fact they all had their cards ready to go, like they yeah, were all planning to be captured. <laughs> yes, we all have our cards literally in our pockets yeah, that we can pull they out, whip and show it out, you. and they have their diplomatic immunity. Yeah, <laughs> and remember, this was like the end of the Cold War. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so there was all sorts of funny business happening. And it was, you know, you could not get a more different time than now. I mean, <laughs> yes. You know, as far as, as you know, everybody agreed that the terrorists were a bad thing. And, and uh, you know, this is a very different era. Yeah. Well, I mean, so we, uh, Destro runs into the, the his little trap door because even though he's in apparently a public auction space, he's still got a trap door set up because he's Destro. Yes. Oh, well, he's yeah, always I mean, that smart. That to me, okay. That, all right. So there are all sorts of things there. Once again, everything I love. I love <laughs> trap doors. I love conveniently placed sewer grates where you can get people out. <laughs> I like uh, walls that slide around and reveal secret rooms. Uh, This was just me doing everything I like. (laughs) (laughs) So what I hear you saying is this is the most Flint Dilly episode in existence. When I watched it this morning, I I think I would say that. (laughs) You know, I see how... Games Master was probably my own personal internal psychodrama coming out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and but if you had to get a, just an episode, which is me just doing everything I think school, <laughs> this is it. So we're introduced to a new character, oh, Coverta Fatale. Oh, Coverta Fatale! What the thing I regret, <laughs> and if I were to ever work on GI Joe again. Now, what's interesting is people remember me a lot for Transformers. Uh-huh. And and nobody ever asked me to do a GI Joe project, and and yet I uh, that show to me was effortless. Yeah. GI Joe just wrote it as I said, you know, inside two days. <laughs> I had to really work at Transformers. It was just harder. And, and what made it harder? Something wrong with me? I don't know. I, I'd have to think about it. But it might have been the fact that it was robots, and for a while I was trying to like make sense out of their sizes, and I just decided not to worry about that. <laughs> and um, it was it was just harder. You know, it, it it also you couldn't do stuff because there were until RC came along, there were no female robots, so you couldn't have this romantic ba- uh, backbeat. Yeah, 
you couldn't have Destro hitting on some Cobra girl and, you know, <laughs> you know Coberta Fatal, and you couldn't have any of that stuff. It strikes me like you, you, you enjoy kind of the, what you like in the world and what the genres you enjoy. You can't do James Bond with walking robots. No, exactly. You know, and well, I mean, yeah, yeah, just Transformers just got to be a different thing and you had to go to Epic and you had to go. Yeah, certainly third season, and yeah, obviously third season at the time was very controversial, and a lot of it was dictated by just the nature of the product. Sure. That it, we had triple changers that were a hmm, turns into a what, turns into a hmm, <laughs> you know, and uh, it, it, you know, it was a, a much more, you know, op- opaque science fiction world than, than G.I. Joe, which is just easy. Guys, mm-hmm. I have to interrupt right now. We are joined in studio by a, a special guest. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> Fortunately for you, Gina, we're literally only three minutes into the episode. Oh, So we're yes. in good shape. Uh, but before we begin the episode, uh, real quick, do you have one question about Pokemon Go for Flint Dilly? Ooh. We've talked about it already, but I figured, uh, as Chan said, this game has affected you about twice as much as it's affected us. It's, he's the creative lead at Niantic. Ooh, okay. Uh, what's? Uh, I, I don't know what you guys have covered. <laughs> Get it out of the way right now. What's, what's like one really good Easter egg that you haven't talked about? Uh, okay, I, I told these guys. Uh, okay. Is that the same thing you guys asked? Yeah, <laughs> no. We we just, I just told them I can't talk about anything. The secrets I of the game. Know about. Yeah. Yeah, okay, basically, okay. You have to understand Niantic. Comes out of tech world, okay. Where people don't—it's not the entertainment business where people are blasting mouth off about everything. Okay, we like actually believe. Yes, when we have a secret thing we're releasing, it's secret. Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> that's a good. There, there good is policy. a plan for thirty years. So well, if I, even if I knew the answer to that question, <laughs> can, and can I, I answer that question? Yeah. Because I know of one Easter egg that yeah. I've seen online already. Yeah, if you go to the White House, <laughs> there is a Pidgey named Merica. That is defending the White House, a unique Pidgey. Oh, so so we're <laughs> taking a road trip. America. Is what you're saying, ladies so and we're gentlemen? A road trip, Flint. You didn't know about this when you got no, here. We're getting on a plane. <laughs> Helicopters on the roof. Yeah. We're gonna. Oh, I got Joe uh, Skystriker on its way. So oh, beautiful. I was walking so around as... the Amazon building today hunting Pokemon. Oh, That's nice. Thing. Don't, don't tell my boss. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as long as Ace is not driving the Sky Striker, we'll be safe. Yeah, no, he, He'll crash. He, he had a funny <laughs> habit of like crashing that plane. <laughs> um, so we're at the part talking about Coverta Fatale. Do you have any thoughts? Oh on yeah, I, that's that's the first thing I looked at. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I like she's a super badass. I assume you already covered mm-hmm. the line of "I am a legend," but uh, we didn't. But we I would well, like to hear well, it now. Sound, yeah. I thought you were but a legend. I am, but I'm also flesh and blood. Yeah. Was there anybody watching this episode uh, uh, between the three of us, you know, and who hadn't seen it in a while, and, and Flynn having seen it in a while, uh, who didn't know that was the Baroness, like, immediately? Oh, no, I was like, oh, that's the Baroness. <laughs> I, I, I knew it was the Baroness. <laughs> However, I believe Coverta uh, Fatale is a real character. Right oh, absolutely. Right. Oh, yeah. And she was probably annoyed about the identity theft from uh, the <laughs> and uh, and there's a G.I. Joe episode that exists only in my head that is Coverta Fatale upset about this. Oh, oh see, God, I, like I, to, I like to think that it's, it is it is an alter ego that the Baroness has been using for like 20 years. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> yeah, that, that might also be true. Building this legend. 
Because she <laughs> and she blows it just to screw over. But yeah, that yeah. which makes it even more but it only, amazing. Yeah, but it works better if the Baroness doesn't know she's coverta fatale. Oh, it's like she gets hit on the yeah. head and oh. suddenly she's alternate reality. She's alternate reality. She's a little schizo. Kind of uh, that also uh, works. Yeah, and and so this time it was the Baroness pretending to be coverta fatale, unaware of the fact she really was coverta. <laughs> oh, that's so many layers. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way we think it is. She's gonna have a Sybil moment where she gets pissed at herself. Yeah. And she's going to go hunting herself in a hall of mirrors. <laughs> uh, this now in a hall of mirrors. That's beautiful. Uh, that's the other thing. We only only thing missing from this episode is a hall of mirrors, right? Yeah, we did not have a hall of mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get the face mask story. And, yeah, yeah, I was very excited to get some Destro back. And they used that in some GI Joe movie later on. Yeah, yeah, and, well, yeah. The, the first okay. of the of the GI oh. Joe movies with uh, Channing Tatum. I was. They changed it a little bit because in the movie. Uh, his ancestor was uh, like another gun runner. dealer, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's okay. But this one is so much more interesting. It's so much better. That's, yeah, they definitely got uh, messed Mm -hmm. over and that wasn't right and so they're now going to destroy all of law and that's fantastic. Also, his mask was pretty insane that they put on his face. Like, it wasn't just a normal... Yeah, spikes sticking out. (laughs) Well, that's the kind of thing. Okay, there's this whole element we don't talk about and it's too bad the storyboard guy's there. And I don't know whether Larry Houston boarded that episode. I suspect it because I, don't, you know, Larry Houston had this ability to live inside my brain. <laughs> and you'd see the script, and, and I'd write the script, and then like I'd have sort of a vague image or something, and whatever like I should have thought but hadn't conjured the idea is what he drew. He, I mean, he always took everything three steps better than what was in my head, and you know, they, you, you have a resource like that, you use That's it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he was an incredible guy. Still, um, it, but they there's there's something I was going to say. Oh yeah, the the Destro the Destro story I, I was saying earlier is nobody in those days thought about backstories and origin stories mm-hmm. for for villains. It just wasn't done in cartoons. Mm-hmm. Just, nobody thought that way. But the infusion of all these comic book guys, you know, the infusion of game guys is you really thought about how that works and you wanted battles that kind of physically made sense. And, you know, I was kind of the game guy. And in the, you know, the infusion of comic book guys, they always thought in continuities and backstories. And you, so you ended up with this really rich brew that was <laughs> not in animation at the time. Because mm-hmm. what was great about Sunbow was they paid enough for scripts that people could afford if you got a three script commitment to move out. I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think like Marv moved out on a Sunbow deal. Len Ween moved out on a Sunbow deal. Slifer. I can't remember when Slifer came out because he was our New York executive at one point, you know, Roger Slifer for a long time. Um, and, uh, but it, he eventually moved out to LA. But the point is, is a lot of people were sort of, that would, that was their, their move budget. I mean, it makes a lot of sense right there. I mean, as you've uh, said before, like, they got paid pretty well yeah, um, to write these episodes. They were, we were, we were unbelievably – I mean, and that – if you wanted to assemble a golden age, you have people paid at a level where they are not – they're not actively worried about – I've never saw a good script come out of somebody that needed the money that day. Yep. Yeah. And one of the things <laughs> unique about Sunbow – and I'm, I'm working on a piece about this whole era right now. I just – I wouldn't call it a book, but it might – who knows how long it will get. Yeah. But I'm trying to write a thousand words every day because I've had a lot of people asking me about it. But that was one of the things – and like, you know, Carol Weitzman was – Incredible about fronting money, about you know paying people early, mm-hmm. about somebody say they'll do it. I mean, I remember saying I would write. I think it was Five Faces of Darkness. And all of a sudden, this check for the whole thing came in. It's like <laughs> I haven't written it yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that was a lot of money, and you know, <laughs> and I was still living like a college student, so it was, you know, it was it was mm-hmm. life changing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, but it's like I had no time to spend it. Yeah, <laughs> I was at that point, spending half my time at Sunbone, half my time at, at DD, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, uh-huh. and and uh, so I, I, you know, and. You know, like anybody I was going out with or whatever, were integrated that world. So it's just one unified world, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And they're unified a lot in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, la- moving forward, Lady J gets uh, some correspondence. Uh-huh. Uh, and is it weird that Alpine doesn't know her real name? Does that? I, I mean, don't know. I, I because I think it's been established in previous like episodes that they try and keep that pretty close to the vest, like they, with the let with the list. Yeah, they do. But at the same time, it's also been shown that everybody seems to know everybody else's here's, business too. Here's the thing: on multiple occasions, people have said to my face, "Your first name's Robert." Okay, <laughs> I had no idea. Okay, fair I had enough. no idea. Yeah. I thought yeah. your name was Chad. Yeah. My first name's Robert too, so nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I guess in, in the pro wrestling world, there's a bunch of guys that uh, I only know them by their character name. Yeah. I, yeah I, mean, I don't know like, them by their real name. Bogus fictional you know, explanation would be these guys lived under code names, so if somebody was caught, they couldn't you know, mm-hmm. give out, mm-hmm. you know. And, and they live that code, too. Alpine's credit card says Alpine right yeah, on the credit right. card. Exactly. I feel like we should be more surprised. And went that, for it. Yeah. Like, I feel like we should be more surprised that the Baroness... Knew her real name and the address. <laughs> well, the address was still well, headquarters. Always, oh, the enemy's okay. always hacked. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, so she she inherited a Scottish castle. Uh-huh. Your, your family inherited a Scottish castle. Uh, go to it. Uh, what was the name of that castle? Do we? Uh, Loch Lomond. Oh no, Clay, uh, lay claim to uh, Doyle Manor. Doyle Manor. Well, it's Agatha Doyle, right? You there know, because I was reading Agatha Christie and Conan <laughs> <laughs> Doyle, so Agatha Doyle invited him. But, <laughs> s- side note: Gung Ho apparently doesn't pay his car payments, and Roadblock has <laughs> lots of women coming for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I learned in that section more than anything well, about Lady yeah, Jane. Yeah, that's what I love, dude. Yeah, what, didn't somebody have a past due? Uh, yeah, that's Gung Ho. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, well, that was you know we, I, we wanted that once again. That was sort of foreshadowing for inhumanoids where these guys are always broke and the unemployment line and (laughs) credit cards are declined all the time and they're trying to buy stuff. But but. they're playing poker constantly for like thousands and thousands of dollars. That's that's why he's got a gambling problem. (laughs) (laughs) That was the realistic part of this whole thing. That's what I love about it, that they themselves are broke, but as far as the government money goes, we'll just throw it around at each other. Yeah, well, it was all stuff stolen from Cobra and they felt bad (laughs) spending it. (laughs) So Lady J goes to the castle. She says, hey, Flint, you want to come with me? And he's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. No, I'll just creepily stalk you. That's totally normal. Their relationship is so weird because it seems like Lady J knows that they're going to get married. Yeah. And Flint's like, oh, let's take it down a few notches. I right. originally was like, because I actually did not know that the strange man later on. I didn't. I didn't Gina. realize. I didn't Gina. realize. It's I, the same voice actor. Well, you know, uh, Gina was not here when we interviewed Bill Ratner. Okay, so maybe she doesn't recognize the voice. She didn't recognize I Bill mean, they use Scottish the same accent. voices for different characters all the time. It's true. He does every newsman too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so yeah, I, mean, Flint, I just thought that was so weird because Flint, Lady J, wants to hang out with Flint every second of the day, and outside of work, Flint will never be with her. <laughs> well, okay, because remember, he met Cobra Girl. And so, oh, okay. you know, he's, uh, you know, yeah, doing some business on the slide. Yeah. No, I, 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 <laughs> he knew that it was better if she thought that he wasn't around. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I think, like, him, because like, they would have both ended up in, over the octopus pit. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, it, it's not even a bad thing because it makes sense, in, especially in the confines of this episode. Mm-hmm. It's just a through line because in uh, uh, the uh, the uh, Games Master episode, Flint's on vacation by himself in his apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> in the episode where uh, uh, Flint's vacation, where uh, Flint goes off on his own vacation to visit his family, and Lady Jay's like, so am I coming? No, you're not coming. <laughs> Look, Joe's need me time. That is yeah. just a fact. Well, also, too, you know, probably there are regulations about fraternizing with, uh, you know, fellow Mm -hmm. Joes. Yeah. You know, that was probably for the benefit of whoever was listening in. Mm -hmm. There you go. There you go. Yeah, she probably thought he was going to sly over anyway, but. (laughs) Well, Duke's in enough trouble for parking his Sky Strikers in the Burger Time parking lot to hang out with Scarlett. So (laughs) it only makes sense. So a Lady J's at the castle now, and she's meeting all the different people the Solicitor General who's there. She's got the weird uh, chubby maid. Yeah. Okay. That was one of those things in the story. I don't think any part of me had a weird chubby maid in my mind when I wrote it. <laughs> At most, I was thinking Rosa Klebb from uh, from Russia with Love. Uh-huh. But that is the quirky stuff <laughs> that happens when it goes to storyboard that always makes it more interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the weird chubby maid had been Rosa Klebb or had been some weapons-grade beauty, it wouldn't have... Have yeah. worked nearly as well as this weird, quirky yeah. thing coming in from nowhere. <laughs> but who, who, so who is the solicitor? Is the solicitor the Baroness in Disguise? I think I mean, every character in this episode <laughs> is literally the Baroness in Disguise. I'm convinced at this I'm point. I'm sure she could have hired someone to be a solicitor or an actual except, solicitor. Except I would say, like, she, yeah, maybe she could have paid someone. But would that someone have that creepy, creepy laugh when they leave? <laughs> Fair enough. That's like true. I don't think so. True. That's got to be someone invested. When that the, is someone invested in the yeah, outcome. When the fisherman shows up, he says, "I'm looking for the solicitor." Like there's no solicitor here, so obviously he is a cobra agent. Yeah, I he's think not like I, a real I'm, solicitor. I'm voting Baroness in disguise. Unless every person in that tavern was also the Baroness. Yeah, I, I, 80 Baronesses in disguise. I'm into it. <laughs> uh, so she sees the two portraits on the wall, and yeah. one looks exactly like Destro, and one looks exactly like her. Yeah. She completely slides past the Destro one and says, that one looks like me. How many people <laughs> could there possibly be that have metal faces? That have metal heads. Yeah. That yeah. you fight on a reg. You know, <laughs> like... uh. I loved it. Yeah, I would. I would. When I if I left that house, I would have stolen that painting. If there was an old painting of an old me, I would be like, "This is coming with me." <laughs> I'm like, taking this one. Yeah, I would have stolen it. It's like the Valerian steel sword that uh, yeah. uh, the chubby guy takes in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Also, I like it how at the end, Destro is like, "Oh, thank God, I'm not related to any any." Spoiler yeah, alert, like, Gina. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> but that, but then it's like, oh, dude, did you not see the painting that's been in your house for? Oh, forever? Yeah. <laughs> Well, he doesn't hang out in that house. He just goes down to the dungeon <laughs> in order to do the, the, yeah. the crazy alert. shit. <laughs> he, he seemed very invested in that house. I cannot imagine. Well, it was yeah. bombed when it burned down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spo- spo- guys, spoiler alert. Uh, uh, I will say that this, uh, this episode... Several Bechdel test passes. Oh yes, which the last time we we had you on, also, <coughs> your episode also passed the Bechdel test. Right What's now, What's a Bechdel test? So, That's, go ahead. No, you tell oh, it. Gina. All right. It, so it, it's uh, it's a thing in film and TV where it only passes if two female characters actually talk to each other and they talk to each other about someone other than their main love interest. And so every most of your episodes, so you're actually the writer so far with the highest percentage of it's weird. Yeah, you and Buzz pass. have the highest degree percentage. Yeah, of you're you're beating Buzz actually. You're yep. beating Buzz. Oh good. Yeah. Well, I can't I can't say I was informed of this test when I was 
<laughs> That's even better, though, because you were unaware of it, but you were writing more female characters than the other guys on your show. There it so, is. There uh, I got to ask you the question. Now, where did this storyline of, and, and spoilers for the episode, if you guys haven't watched, okay, we did that. That, that joke's played out. Uh, Lady J and Destro are related uh, down the road. Uh, where did that come from? Did you make that up, or was yeah, that already I just, known? I just or? made that up. I mean, I that's just cool. Thought, I thought that there was is something cool. kind of cool about it as all the way back then. And there really is something in Lady J's background that she doesn't even know about. Yes. Until mm-hmm. this. And there's some, you know, they're they're distant relative. It's not, I'm your sister. You know, it's <laughs> right. none of that. You know, it is, it is, yeah, it kind of all traces back to something. Because that whole mystery cult that we didn't even explore in the yeah. story. Yeah, even a little. That yeah. would have been, you know, the druid. Uh, <laughs> There were a yeah. lot of things in this that I was like, oh, this this feels like the first part of like a multiple part. Or like, where did well, that maid come from? Had Why I, is she had so I awesome remained and- in, in, <laughs> on G.I. Joe, all that stuff would have happened. But, you know. <laughs> oh. Well, the maid, I don't know if it said in the episode or not, but I was reading, I was doing a little bit of reading about the episode, and that uh-huh. maid is apparently also the Baroness. Oh, uh, I don't know if it's actually said in the episode. I didn't notice it being said mm. out loud. I've, I was expecting oh. it to I didn't happen, know that. but never did. Yeah, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> so, so she I was like pretty well disguised. According, yeah, according to the theories out there, and I don't know, maybe it's referenced in another episode. I was kind of hoping she but... was just like some sort of badass, like well, ex assassin that was hired by Destro to guard this place in case it ever came under attack. Well, absolutely. Well, yeah, and the other thing you got to know is the reason I don't know this stuff is. It's very possible I never saw that episode before today. (laughs) I'm working on Transformers. They say we need a Joe script. I go in, write my Joe script. I'm not at the recording sessions. I'm not seeing the storyboard. I don't see the episode when it comes in. I don't happen to watch it because I had almost no memory of having written it. <laughs> That's amazing, you know. And yet, you look at it, and it's if, if there was a pure piece of work of my work on any of those shows <laughs> yeah. with the possible pieces, couple things from it in humanoids. That's probably it. Bits well, and pieces of it. You were saying earlier, like, man, this is real good, like fan service for me and my style and what I like. <laughs> oh wait, I wrote it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, that was. And, and what's really funny is. It's, I didn't know I did that. You know, I've always been really impressed by a lot of my friends who, you know, really put in their favorite stuff, whether it works or not. They, it, you know, it, it carries on the sheer passion of it's obvious the people doing it really like it. You know, it just it just goes in there. You know, uh, you know, because they think it's cool. And I didn't know I did that. And, and this is kind of an interesting education. I might do start doing it more often. I mean, I do it a lot and stuff I'm doing That's now. It. But I mean, because you, you can't write about stuff you don't like. No, yeah. no. Oh my God, it would last two seconds. Yeah, you know. Uh, so we, uh, the fisherman goes into the tavern. Who we we later just, it is Flint in disguise as a fisherman. Good disguise. Flint yeah. doesn't do a lot of covert cool. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and nobody's heard of the solicitor, so he's like, I'm headed to the uh, uh, Doyle Manor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which wasn't – now, here's the other question I had in the episode is the Baroness lied to Lady J about everything except for the uh, heraldry. Yeah. She actually is related to Destro, but she didn't actually inherit the castle. Baroness set this whole thing up. Right. Is Doyle Manor even the actual name of the of the castle? Or is, oh, is yeah. that I just mean, like I, something I, she said? I assumed – okay. I assumed the story was st- very straight. And if the Baroness, you know, was just unaware, you know, or may or may not have been aware that this really was her, you know, her ancestral home. You, know, you mean it had Lady to be J? Pl- Lady J, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, like, in theory, any of us could suddenly get a call and we got an ancestral home somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's my and, dream every day. <laughs> and... Uh, 
uh, you know, probably if if this is one of these things you went over, like a development, you know, scripted development thing, we would have set up the idea that Lady J, oh, yeah, I vaguely remember that, you know, hearing stories about that from Grandma, but, you know, that's, mm-hmm. the show is moving too fast. Well, sure, like in an earlier episode, somebody, like, just giving it a sideline, like, you know, you don't <laughs> yeah. need all this, you you know, or something like that, yeah. you know. Now, I have a question. Do we think the Baroness has ever seen Destro's face? Because when she goes to take off the mask, oh, interesting. I I was like, ooh, I wonder if she's doing this as a test to see if he'll take off the mask for another woman. No, I, I got the clear impression she'd never seen it. Oh, that I don't the think closest so either, yeah. thing we have to what it looked like is probably the the ancestor. That has got to make sex real yeah. weird, guys. That's got to make sex with Destro very weird. Well, we already established. Honestly, I feel like that's probably like the third or fourth thing down the list of things yeah. that makes sex with Destro weird. Well, we figured out during the Pyramid of Darkness episodes, because of the cosplay they were doing where she was a naughty nurse and he was a construction worker, that the way that they have weird sex is because they're such fantastic characters. They dress like regular people and do it missionary style. And to them, that's fucking crazy. But what's great is that we're even having this conversation because the show looked like village people at the time. Oh, sure. <laughs> there was a lot of reason to you know, Well, Lady J decides uh, she's going to uh, check out the, the torture room chamber uh-huh, that, uh-huh. of course, you have in the castle. Let's just think, of course, yeah. there's guillotines yeah. and straps and racks and all that laying around. And there's a g g g ghost. Oh, but she's doing all of this in a pink nightgown. If I, well, was going, yes. if I was going hunting around my ancestral manor, I would put on running sneakers and some gym shorts first. Well, the assumption is she packed this herself. This yeah. nightgown oh, yeah. wasn't in the castle waiting for us. And she's like, I'm I'm going to visit this Scottish castle. Better wear this tattered pink nightgown. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, that's, you know. A, a, Love it. You just get her into the nightgown. Okay? You know? Find a way. Find a way. Yeah. Cause, I mean, because the whole goal was later. get her out of the khaki, you yeah. know, the camo and all that. Because you can't be walking around in the castle in camo, you know. It, I appreciate it. It makes the fighting later you know, all the more impressive. really Victorian, you know. <laughs> but then it just gets crazy because the ghost scares her. And then we have a gigantic snake. And then a skeleton who's come to life grabs her. Yeah, yeah, that I do not the understand. The skeleton that comes to life, you know, that was just me, like, totally taking leave of reality. <laughs> or somebody just threw it in, or I thought I was writing in humanoids. I don't know how that <laughs> You know, but, but you know, you can see the DNA all over Oh, that. yes. Yeah. Well, the, the, the snake attacks the skeleton, and we're fine. And I'm like, if that was a dude wearing a costume, like, is that dude okay? <laughs> I'm guessing not. I, I think it's a real skeleton, man. You think it's a real skeleton? I mean, well, there is an you, octopus creature in the ground. Yeah, that's, I don't that's think, all legit. I don't think a yeah. skeleton is all that much weirder. Yeah, yeah, things reanimated but, stuff's not a problem. But there. those because, are real, Gina. Thank but, you. Because what's what's funny about that is that is that you know yeah you just yeah once you entered that world you're in a different plane of existence and there are spell skeletons and nobody notices that that's mm-hmm. unusual. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then well, she ends up she, skeleton. She runs away from all of that. She ends up in the underground chamber mm-hmm. where the cult <laughs> stuff is happening, and they're wearing yeah. like a, a deer heads and lion heads at, and at robes. First I was one. I was like, are these masks or are these actual creatures with animal heads? Because <laughs> oh, we just saw a skeleton come to life. Right, but there's definitely a scene later <laughs> where it's just a woman with saggy boots boobies and just a, a weird <laughs> mask on her head. She's like, get him, get him. It's very clearly a person. Donna, you didn't even try. It's, it's like the sister of one of the original cult members. And yeah. he's like, can we let, just let my sister join, please? <laughs> this is so much more fun than Bunko. Well, it's discovered. Well, they capture, they capture in like five seconds. Uh-huh. Deer man takes her out. The most terrifying of the animals. Uh, to be fair, if that guy, I would poop myself. If I turned <laughs> yeah. around and that guy was looking oh, at yeah. me. Real world. Yeah. Oh, scary. Deer Man scares the shit out of me. Yeah. 
Uh, so it's all Destro's family, though. But so it's also Lady J's family, and I like the idea. And this is in my head now. This is what I wrote. This fan fiction for this episode <laughs> now <laughs> is that there's two actual like lineages that are, are have a common ancestor, uh-huh. and one of them is the Destro line that went into law and br- law breaking and arms dealing. Massive. And then there's the Lady J line. That's why I have the two pictures, and they're uh-huh. the good guys who are all trying to stop the bad guys from the family, but they still come together for family celebrations. <laughs> oh, there we go. I think like that's Thanksgiving. A yeah, they get into political. Political arguments at the Thanksgiving dinner right. table. Yeah, honestly, uh, I left Pajama Boy out of there. I didn't, yeah, I should have put him in there. <laughs> he wouldn't exist for another twenty years. Uh, this is uh, this show, this episode has my favorite ending of any GI Joe episode. However, I think it would be even better if at some point Lady J just goes like. Uncle Max? <laughs> like, she recognizes the voice of the dude in the deer head. Oh, like, my God. Oh, oh, hey. Hey, Allison. I, uh, uh, I got I to go. Well, we had to get out. We had to get out quick because it's an episode of G.I. Joe. So, like, at, at, at 21 minutes, we realize we're not quite even close to being done with it. So, for 90 seconds, we've got to race to yeah, the yeah, end. Yeah, all the way to the end. Yeah, that's the way that worked. Uh, so, yeah, we got basically, uh, and then it kind of spirals down from there. Speaking of which, speaking of a G.I. Joe episode, we've got like five minutes to finish up. Yeah. So, so, there's an eyeball monster in there. And, and Flint, what's the deal with the eyeball monster? Is this Cthulhu I, stuff? I, I'm what's telling going you, on? I was in my Lovecraft mode. <laughs> I tell you. Um, Honest, I think it might just be an octopus, and somebody was like, "Draw an eyeball on this thing." That looks real scary, right? No, that doesn't fly with the ending, though. Well, I basically just wanted a Cthulhu. Well, I, I know where my fear of tentacles, lifelong fear of tentacles, oh, came yeah. from. This it's clearly G- Genesis in this episode. So thanks yeah. for that, Flint. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, we got the fat lady fight. Uh, uh, yeah. Flint fights the fat lady who turns out to be the bear. She's doing ninja. She looks like a house frown. She's doing ninja flips. She's yeah. awesome. Wall running. Yeah. She's That's the why it has character. to be the Baroness because she was tearing it up. I don't know. I, I like to think it's just a spry maid. A spry maid? Here's yeah. the thing. Like She is ten times uh, more fearsome than the spider whose only move was the <laughs> bitch slap. It's like you get over there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Flint saves Lady J from the cult. Uh, he shoots the chain, of course, and she flies over and starts mm-hmm. wailing on people. Mm-hmm. And then they get attacked by a giant spider because now again we're in full like D and D mode. Apparently, yeah. you know, I mean that I probably wrote that up at the D and D mansion. That's probably true, right? Had a spider on my desk and threw it in the script. That one. That looks good. Do 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 do. Uh, huge fight. GI Joe is called in. They have a big yeah. fight, and there's just a really, really quick uh, barbecue soundbite. If I could just get it, if you know what I'm talking I about. I 100 know what Fire... you're talking about because I marked it myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh oh. There was that one, I which is the great, so and then um... the deep evil. It just got deeper. Oh, it just got deeper. Oh, barbecue. And a barbecue has the Scooby Doo moment where he finds the projector to make the ghost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah there was a little Scooby in there. I loved it. I loved it. So we he all used and, to work in Ruby Spears before that. Spinning so yeah. wall. Oh yeah. So we talked. Uh-huh. You talked about you wanted a spinning wall. Uh, I, I'll get a goddamn spinning wall. I never wall. met a spinning wall I didn't like. <laughs> and so barbecue wins the day by spraying the ghost at the cobras uh-huh. and, and then letting the building burn down. And the His building one job yeah. is to stop fires, and he lets the thing yeah. burn down. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Um, yeah, and the Cthulhu. Cthulhu monster apparently comes back in an episode. Of, I read I'm this. Kind of oh, really? It comes back in yes. a later episode called Sins of the Father. Cobra Commander tries to regenerate the monster to like, and, and I, I could be totally wrong about this. I read oh, a quick thing what? online that said, uh, this is not the fir- only time we see Cthulhu monster. That is very exciting because the very end of this made it clear that that, that octopus monster is going to be coming back. It's alive. So I'm glad it does. <laughs> it's alive. And then that's basically the end of the episode. 
episode. No, no, you're skipping oh, the best part. Which excuse is the, me, Gina. The Baroness pick reveal. Me up. Uh, I'm sorry, you're right. Yes. This line is just probably my favorite thing ever. But this is but a taste of what you shall suffer if you describe me again as. Quote, a confused woman with whom I have been erroneously linked. I love her. Stone cold. And Destro Stone was like, cold. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That totally oh, fair. oh, I feel like like I feel like Destro popped a huge boner during that. Like he was like, oh, yes. oh crap, my girlfriend is crazy and awesome. Yeah. Like she's like, yeah, I, I didn't like I didn't like the way you were kissing on that other girl earlier. Yeah. So I burned your family home to the ground. <laughs> Go after yourself, Destro. And Destro's like, you know what? Legit. Seems yeah, fair. and the thing that I Seems like fair. about it is she, like, she was, you can't, you, you can't accuse her. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot accuse her of being, like, a crazy emotional woman. She planned this Oh, out. no. Yeah. And no. he's just like, I've never <laughs> wanted you harder yeah. than right now. Yeah, she's, she's evil and methodical. She is not an unhinged woman. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, and then that wraps up the episode. I no laugh it. out. I'm happy. Yeah. I love uh, 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 Flint, I know you got to go in a sec here. So you have any final thoughts on Skeletons of the Closet? No, any I last mean, things I, we I missed? Just, I, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed watching this episode you know, there's, <laughs> so there's a lot we. of stuff you watch it's really painful later on <laughs> oh sure yeah I've and, seen my and, YouTube videos and I this know it's just the yeah because I just <laughs> no recollection of it you know I mean you know and, and so it's like this little gift that you put in the pipeline 30 years ago <laughs> and it shows up <laughs> Yeah, Man. this was. I mean, this was. Everyone knows that I like the ghost stuff and the weird stuff and the crazy yes. stuff. So this was one of my favorite episodes. I, I, I watching I li- this episode, I, I was like, "Oh, this is for Gina." Yep. yep, yep. These are my favorites, and and I like the weird ones, like the Games Masters. So mm-hmm. combined, you've written two of our favorite episodes. <laughs> oh, thank you. And Oda Cobra, we enjoyed uh, for the James Bond feel of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah they, they were all yeah, they were all just kind of the romances, and out of it came uh, Marissa Fairborn, who I've yet to really write something about. <laughs> yes, um, and guys, well, that's going to do it for us on this episode. Uh, a little quick bit of contact information uh, uh, before we Flint gets out of here. But uh, you can hit us up on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Obviously, go and give us five stars on iTunes. We want more. We need more. We deserve more. Everybody, <laughs> uh, we got more stuff down the pipe. We want to give to you, but we want to know that you care. That's really the, the deal. So also, give us five you stars. Put any Pokemon, any lures over at the, uh, yes. the donut shop on Cold Water in Van Owen. I'd appreciate uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Really trying to get some Growlithes. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and play some Pokemon here. Play some Pokemon <laughs> we, Go. We are going to probably immediately after we're done podcast. <laughs> we got a, yeah, we got a, a Twitter. Uh, you can hit us up at GI Joe Podcast. Uh, uh, Flint, what's your social media? Oh, I'm just. I'm usually. Have you been on my Facebook? Page. Yes, sir. It's kind of a mosh pit. You know, <laughs> I mean, the political stuff is rarely posted by me, but it, it certainly goes. I'm up gonna. There. You know what? For all the political stuff on there, I'm gonna start. Posting more Pokemon Go memes. Uh, uh, That's what I'm going to do. Look, everything I've been posting has been, you know, I just, I, I'm now in a different mode. You know? That's great. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm into, you know, Pokemon and giant robots and uh, cartoon, <laughs> cartoon to commando team. What's That's the problem, I say? Yeah, you know? this sounds like my um, perfect world. Yeah, right. Uh, Twitter individually, you can hit me up. I'm at Almighty Ray. I'm at 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And uh, that's going to do it for Skeletons in the Closet. Hit us up online. Let us know what you think. And uh, Flint, thank you again so much for being here. uh, Great having me and sorry for coming early. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We we, we picked it up. We picked it up. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, my man. Take it easy. And for you guys at home, good night. Bye-bye.
ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com.